Gospel according to St. Luke, chapter 20, verse 27 through 38. Some Sadducees, those who say there is no resurrection, came to him and asked him a question. Teacher, Moses wrote for us that if a man's brother dies, leaving a wife but no children, the man shall marry the widow and raise up children for his brother. Now, there were seven brothers. The first married and died childless, then the second, and then the third, and so on in the same way all seven died childless. Finally, the woman also died. In the resurrection, therefore, whose wife will the woman be? For the seven had married her. Jesus said to them, Those who belong to this age marry and are given in marriage, but those who are considered worthy of a place in that age and in the resurrection from the dead neither marry nor are given in marriage. Indeed, they cannot die anymore because they are like angels and are children of God, being children of the resurrection. And the fact that the dead are raised, Moses himself showed us in the story about the bush, where he speaks of the Lord as the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Now he is God not of the dead, but of the living, for to him all of them are alive. The word of the Lord. Please join me in prayer or reflection. God of all our efforts, look especially upon the efforts we beseech thee of all those who have fallen in service of their nation. Reminded always of your call that there is no greater love than to lay down one's life for another. We now pause in silent memorial for all those, and particularly those from this congregation, who have been lost to the throes of mortal decisions in the service of their state and nation. May the silence of this hall echo with the knowledge that all those who have stood valiantly in the service of their home, all those who have paid that ultimate price, are alive in this silence. May this silence never allow them to be forgotten. May their memory be a blessing, and may we together say amen. Amen. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. O Lord, our rock and our redeemer, good morning. morning. How good it is to, to be with you again. It is always a privilege for me to be here as an army chaplain, I just really like 
that I'm not in a field on the hood of a, a combat vehicle with a cup of coffee and four people who really don't want to be there but are there for the free coffee. So this space is almost becoming a second home to me, and I, I thank each of you for the opportunity to return and to share with you when I am able. If you would be so bold to listen to me this morning, listen as I tell you a story. There was a man once sitting on the side of a mountain that really has no name, or if it does, it's changed more times that can be remembered in some far-off land that's been riddled by pain and fear, fear that's been laid upon it from people not born from its own dirt. And that man was one of those foreigners, one of those in the long line of many who had trod, Perhaps not the exact same location, but the valley and the ridge line, time and time again before him. In truth, he was but one of many who had known the feel of that valley's wind, the smell of its dirt, and contour of its lines. Where he sat that chilly morning, there could have been a thousand before him, set in the exact same place, or there could have been none. It was the same either way. For there on the side of that mountain, off in the distance, arose a ramshackle and clay stone tower, said by locals, tales passed down by warriors, that it was a tower built by Alexander the Great. A tower that broke the stretching pinks and greens of that, of that morning sun it was said to be one of the furthest points of Alexander's efforts in this far-off distant land. The tower rose up from those earthen colors. Our eyes affixed upon that tower throughout the entire conversation. The man chuckled at the irony of watching the sun rise on what was supposedly one of Alexander's last efforts. Sitting there on a pile of slate rock that morning. It's just a month before he was to return home. Short time in it. He had 26 days and a wake up, and he would be home. There, waiting for him, was a wife, a wife he'd been married to for four years, but only lived with for about two. There was also four children and two other wives from previous marriages that had been ground up in the mill of constant deployments, reoccurring training, nights spent away, nights spent somewhere else, even when he was in his own house, in his own bed, nights spent away even when he was at his own dinner table. There on the side of that mountain, in full view of the irony and the satire of perhaps the futile efforts of not just Alexander, but all those who had tried before, the man spoke of fear, but only lightly, only in a hushed tone. Fear of another failed marriage, fear of not knowing his children, Fear 
I've never, ever really been able to leave that place that he was setting that morning. There was no fear of, of the physical rigors or the conditions or the dangers or the circumstances of the day. Perhaps those were the least of his fears. For in fact, those conditions, those dangers, with some level of shame, he said, those were the things that he really knew how to love. Not that he didn't love his family, any of his past wives. Certainly not that he didn't love his children, for he did with the fullness of how he knew how to love them. But it was that hill. It was that mountain, it was that view, it was that irony, it was that satire, it was that danger that morning that he, he loved in, in, in a way that he knew no one else would really understand. Well, no one else save for the few brothers and sisters by fire who still remember a land they've long left still remember the smell, still close their eyes and see the horizons where they spent perhaps the best days of their youth. Those who nowadays fall asleep at the end of a cul-de-sac, but do so counting tracer rounds in their mind's eye, slipping out over a field like ribbons cutting through the night. Those of us who know the heat, know the pressure, know the feeling of a rotary-winged bird dropping you off, or the excitement when it picks you up, or when it takes away your friend forever. Those were the things he knew how to love. Those were the things he knew he was good at. There's no question about his space or place in that relationship. Those were the things that rather than being afraid of, he drunk up like a dehydrated wonderer. It's a well of an oasis that we both knew was just a mirage. There on the side of that mountain, speaking about hopes and dreams and fears and realities, we... No, no, I'm sorry. Excuse me, it, it wasn't on the side of a mountain. Maybe it was in a rice paddy. In the sweltering heat of a midnight jungle. The bleeding sounds of a water buffalo bouncing off the paddy. No, or wait, maybe, maybe it wasn't in a jungle. Maybe it was on a frozen dirt road somewhere on a peninsula with the shadows of children picking up kernels of rice and corn dancing in your eyes. No, no, maybe, maybe it wasn't there. Maybe it was in a hedgerow in a region now more popularly known for its bubbly drink than its saturated fields. Or, or maybe, maybe the conversation was that night that comes around once a year when you lock yourself in your basement and tell your wife and kids to go to the movies without you.
Maybe it was, maybe it was just last week. At a stoplight on a Tuesday afternoon, you just picked your kids up and you're supposed to take them to practice and grab some groceries and then meet the wife back at the practice field. And there you sat, bolted back to the, the corner of every lane and forgettable boulevard with horns blaring behind you as the light turned from red to green to yellow to red again. And you sat there and you realized for just a moment you weren't on the side of that mountain. You'd never be on the side of that mountain again. And no one would know the conversation you had, the fears you shared, the dreams you exposed, the lies you had to make true, or the brothers and foes alike that you watch fall to eternal rest. I know that chilly morning on the side of a mountain, I listened to a man speaking a truth spoken a thousand times before. The truth of a home he loves so much, yet feels like a stranger within. The truth of defending a people who sent him away to the place that they don't even really know where it's at. The truth of a thousand nights lost already, nights that haven't even come yet, but you know you've already lost them, the truth of wondering whether or not God is a God of the living or the dead, and then looking at your body and spitting in the dirt and coming to the conclusion that really didn't matter either way that morning. Because all you can see is that tower. Friends, we, we hear this morning of a challenge like many time and time before laid before Christ. A challenge meant to try to twist him and to lure him into skipping a beat or contradicting himself. A challenge meant to conform his words to the ideas and the conscripts and the wills of Love and order and rules built by man, not by the divine. And in like fashion, we hear of Christ replying to this challenge, like he does time and time before, dismantling the, the simple or the oppressive, the dogmatic and exclusive boundaries. We hear this morning of a, a reply from our God, Christ's own lips, define the notions of what it means to be loved or ranked in some ordered system. We hear this morning of a God who destroys the notion of ownership of a woman's body, and yet even more so we hear of a God who reaches through that and lifts up the notion that the power of love surpasses even the grave, surpasses even death, surpasses even the fears left on the side of a mountain where the ones relived every other night in a dream. This morning, we are presented with 
Christ's very self who specifically announces that all peoples and all orders of hierarchy, all notions of who is in and who is out, all are alive in him. So this morning we, we gather to memorialize and to remember and to honor all those, specifically those from this congregation and community that have earned the title of veteran. The 11th hour of the 11th day of the 11th month, we, we find ourselves a little early today, but this is the undergirding of part of why I'm here with you. This is the meditation. This is the reflection of even but one hour of our time. And I ask us, as the Sadducees asks Christ, as our gospel text this morning asks us, which of the two, which of the things that we hold in tension, while equally understood and equally examined, which will we allow to rise? The pain of loss? The specter of memory? The shadow of flagged, draped coffins? Or shall, as the man on the side of a mountain begged, those of you who have lost someone believe, as Christ commands, shall we hold on to that power of death, or shall we let the power of loving all, even the terror, rise with palms open? So, therefore, as we honor all those who have given the ultimate cost, as we worship our God and serve our community, Shall we let the echoing silence of this space grip us into a dark night of pain? Or as the sun was rising across that valley, as the sun and the light of God's love bounces through these stained and storied windows, shall we live into the love of those brave men and women who have fallen? Shall we live into the opportunity that Christ calls us to or not? Questions, simple. How you live out the response is much more complicated. For if we take seriously our gospel narrative this morning, then I believe the opportunity to live out that love is endless. But on this day specifically and in this season, as we honor and recognize those who have served our nation, I would ask us, and my challenge from your pulpit would be to listen when you love. Just a little harder. Listen to what is said between the lines. Take the hand of that veteran who has rambled on to you the same story four times before. Feel the flesh of their hand the flesh that was willing to be cut and torn for your safety. Listen, for just as the morning sun rose on that mountain and the stillness of this dawn of today is cut short by our joyful noises, so too shall the stories that these brave men and women who live amongst you tell someday be but echoed silence. Someday be but memories. Someday be but 
a ghost reaching out from you from a hill that has no name. If you've not figured it out yet, friends, I was on that mountain. That mountain was mine. The man I was speaking with, in truth, I don't remember his name. He left. He went home. I stayed. My time wasn't up yet. And another man told me another story on another mountain another day after. Fears were exposed, hopes were dreamed, camaraderie was shared, love was offered to the living and the dead. So please, as you love, I beg of you, listen. For in the end, some of us can no longer be listened to. And yet they're loved by God. And they're alive in Him. See, friends, that was the point of the story all along. I hope you're listening. Together, may we say amen.